welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Epic Knight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we are joined by Ella Drongel from Catalyst Financial. Ella, welcome along to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's nice to have you back as well. And today, we are going to be talking about, oh, the potential rises in interest rates. So we talked about this on the show a couple of episodes ago now, about some of the changes the Reserve Bank was coming out about, signalling potential higher interest rates in the future. Now, what we wanted to talk with Ella about today was, first of all, the interest rates that investors are actually getting right now, and then some of the conversations she's having with real people about the potential for that rise in interest rates. How are investors preparing for that eventuality? So let's jump into it. Ella, start us off. What sort of interest rates are people actually getting these days? So obviously it's very dependent on which bank you're with, but the one-year rate's probably looking at around 2.25%. Um, that's great. And then the five-year rate is probably the next one we concentrate, and that's at 3.39%. Yeah, everything in between. And it's interesting, Ella, sometimes we've talked about in the past, Andrew, that you'd see a carded rate, the one that the bank is actually advertising, and investors traditionally might not have always got that specific rate. Well, actually not. So carded rate is just the advertised rate, and then what might happen is they might be more favourable discounting that for an owner-occupier to an investor, or if you're you know below 80%, if you're a desirable client. So if you're a first-home buyer and you've got a 5% deposit or a 10% deposit, you might pay the carded rate and or a margin, depending on the bank, whether or not they charge a fee or a margin on the rate. And then an investor might get the carded rate, but then, of course, someone buying their own house or refinancing their mortgage might get a significant discount. But, Ella, you're not seeing that at the moment? Not really. I mean, most of the investors that we're working with have 80% LVR, so 20% deposit overall in their investment portfolio. So definitely can look at the standard special rate. And I think that's probably, you know, there was a time where being an investor was bad, and that was probably when the first LVR restrictions came in back in 2011, was it? 2013. 2013. And when that happened, banks were really wanting to have more owner-occupiers on their book than investors, and so they were pricing them more expensively. Now that's not the case. And just to clarify with what you were talking about before with investors being in an 80% LVR, having 20% equity within that portfolio, that's because you tend to specialise in turnkeys, right? If it was somebody buying an existing property, it would be the equivalent with a 40% deposit. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they tend to specialise in the new build investments, right? Yeah. Now, talk to us, Alec, what sort of decisions are investors actually making in terms of how they're managing interest rate risk at the moment? Because I know specifically after the Reserve Bank came out and started talking about interest rates going up mid next year, potentially, you had a lot of calls. Absolutely. So it's really about our clients' overall strategy. In the past, the recent three to four years, clients have been looking at those short-term rates just because they're so low. There hasn't been any sort of talk that these are going to increase until recently. So I'd say about 80% of our book are on that one-year fixed rate, but now clients are definitely looking to extend out for longer with all these changes. And just one thing to remember, and this actually comes up quite a lot, investors sort of forget this, you don't have to have your whole mortgage on one interest rate, so you can break it down into five chunks if you want to, and have some on one, two, three, four, and five year fixed. That might be a bit of maintenance for you, so you might just go half one year, half five year. But you can absolutely split your loan down into different segments, so you can hedge those interest rates. Absolutely. And a lot of people have started to do that in the past because people haven't been hedging because 
that one year rate is so good, clients have started to potentially split their loans in half and fix for one year on each. But then that just gives the client the option that they can break that loan and fix for longer. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And so one of my questions with the ASB, I can't remember what it's called, the new build. That's my build. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen much of that so far? Yes. So that's, for those that don't know, ASB has come out with a floating interest rate of 1.79 and it's specific for investors or owner occupiers who are building or buying a new build. To qualify, you have to go to ASB, you can get your deposit for the new build and then you're on that floating rate for up to three years. So a lot of our clients have come to us and wanted to go through with ASB. Now, what you mean by that is you can get your deposit from your bank, so Westpac, for example, and then do the 80% with ASB, is that right? Got it. You can also do the deposit. It's a little bit up in the air at the moment. I think ASB have brought this out and don't quite know the full rules yet, but some clients have managed to get that initial 10% deposit that we work on to pay the developer. That's at that 1.79%. Right, but you'd surely want the entire mortgage or or at least 80% of it on that interest rate if possible. Absolutely. But that also comes down to settlements that are coming up because you only be able to do that for the ones who are coming up to settlement, which could be, you know, those will roll as they do. So the trick with ASB is that they don't do a 12-month approval. So a lot of our investor clients are wanting that security of having a 12-month approval through the likes of Westpac or ANZ for the 80% of that lending. And then when it comes up to the end of that 12 months, is that where they might go apply to somewhere like ASB to try to lock in that lower interest rate? Yeah, absolutely. So even if your mortgage advisor does you know, go to Westpac to get a 12-month 80% approval. You can actually choose, you know, two months out. We'll figure out which option is best for you. Is that ASB rate still really low? And we can take you there or we can look to split bank you. So we've talked about that investors are trying to start splitting out their loans onto different terms in order to manage that risk. Give us some more details about this. What are the smartest investors doing? Are they doing a straight 50-50, putting 50% of that mortgage on a one-year rate, the rest on, say, a five-year rate? What are the smartest people doing? Yeah, I'd say everyone's either split between one and five years. There's not too many people looking at that two or three-year option. And then, yeah, it's just about the timing of it all. One thing that I've told investors in the past is that you want to choose the rate term that suits you rather than the rate, the cheapest rate. Because if, for example, you have one person not working at the moment and they're going to go back to work in three years, then maybe you can go for, say, a three-year fix, which is based on these numbers, about 2.79. So it's a good rate. And then know that you can afford those rates to be a little bit higher later on. And so you might do half three years, half one year. So it's not just about getting the best rate it's getting the best rate for you similarly you know if you've got your mortgage that you're paying off your personal mortgage and that's costing you a thousand dollars a fortnight and that's going to be a thousand dollars extra in your disposable income per fortnight by the time your mortgage is paid off if that's got five years to go maybe you fix for five years knowing that okay well I've got certainty over the next five years what my outgoings are if the rates have gone up after that I can afford it. So let me ask you this, Ella. One other strategy that investors can use to hedge their bets is take advantage of those really low interest rates now and certainly the ones that we've seen over the last year. Save up that cash so that they can use it in order to pay for those higher interest rates later on. So are you seeing a lot of investors move towards that lower ASB back my build rate specifically for that so they can save up that cash? Yes, everyone wants low interest rate, don't they? So a lot of people are coming on board maybe doing that for the first three years and then we're going to put a plan in place to potentially look to refinance them down the track to maybe a bank that was better suited for them. 
And then specifically with that floating rate back my build, because it can change any time and is realistically very, very tied towards the official cash rate, the OCR that the Reserve Bank sets, are investors questioning that at all or being worried that that's a floating rate and that it could change tomorrow? I think yeah, investors are definitely aware and I guess it's really good having a good relationship with your broker so that if you notice things start to change, we can communicate with them and talk through different strategies, potentially moving that to a fix or potentially refinancing you away to a better suited bank. So the great thing about a floating interest rate is you can fix it at any time. So if you do suddenly feel that the market's you know moving against you and you're just losing sleep because the interest rate's moved up half a percent, then you can always fix it straight away. But of course, if the floating rate starts to rise, your fixed interest rates are going to increase as well. But I guess are you saying on balance, investors are taking the punt saying, look, I'm going to go for the floating rate because let's face it, it's incredibly attractive. Yeah. It's absurdly low. Mm -hmm. Look, we're going to take that. If rates start to rise, look, we'll lock it in at that stage, but we're going to be better off using it now. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the thing to remember, as Ed and I were talking about in the car today, there's a lot of media about interest rates going up, but actually what the Reserve Bank have said is not necessarily exactly that. They've said that there is the potential that interest rates might go up next year if the economy can sustain higher interest rates, right? And it's pretty marginal, which is what we talked about a couple of episodes as well, that the increases from an average per year of about 0.3% in terms of the OCR up to about 0.6%. So some of that would flow through into the one-year rates Still incredibly attractive in that case. Now, what I want to know as well, Ella, I know you work with a lot of investors, many of them pretty savvy. What I want to know is what are the smartest investors asking you? What sort of questions are they asking you as their mortgage advisor? So smart investors are definitely chatting to us. They're having these conversations now and just being aware of what's happening in the market. A lot of investors who are purchasing new builds within the first year and that first initial part when they're settling on their property, it's quite an overwhelming process. They might be first-time investors and they need to find a tenant. So cash can be a little bit tight at that initial part. So they may opt for you know a one-year interest rate so they can keep their cash flow positive. But then we could actually review that within six or so months. Once they've got a tenant, they've got things all figured out. So that's probably quite a popular technique as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. And of course, with those interest rates a bit lower, in that case, your mortgage rates are a bit lower. And so if you can use that cash back you get from the bank, can go a little bit further as well. Also, because interest rates are so low and we are in a rising market, we're finding that if you do fix for one year at 2.25, but in six months time, you want to break your loan to potentially fix for a five-year rate, there aren't any break costs associated with it. So if you lock in for, you know, a one year, you don't stress out that yes. you are locked in for one year. It's actually quite easy to change it. Yes. And have you seen any of the other banks follow suit with ASB's discounted rate? Not at the moment. Not yet. No. Any word um, on the street that it's happening? No, but the likes of BNZ has been quite closed off to investors over the past year. Yes. So they're not doing pre-approvals. They're not giving new to bank clients any lending over 60% LVR, even for new builds. So... We're seeing that BNZ are starting to open up slightly. I did hear a rumour that one of the bigger banks is looking at it. The biggest bank. Oh, <laughs> oh. Let's wrap it up there, but please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And hey, if you've got a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, give us a text. Our number is 5522. Whip out your phone to send us a message. It would be great to hear from you. Thanks 
listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ebert Knight. I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.